It's time to go into auto reverse with Tony and Matt, where we look at bands that were underappreciated, misunderstood, forgotten, and to some unknown. This week we're going auto reverse on Hugh Masakela. All right, Tony. Hugh Masakela. Uh, you know, this is someone that we, I mean, he kind of figures prominently in jazz and um, what's the, uh, what's the other type? What's the like, Lady Smith? I, I mean, African music, Africans. you know, just African music as, uh, as a, in general, uh, he even had a pop hit. Um, yeah, I didn't realize "Grazing in the Grass" was number one. I didn't know that. Pop I, hit in 1968. Yeah, I didn't know that either. It says, you know, they call him the father of South African jazz, which kind of sounds, yeah, you know, yeah, it sounds a little, it sounds a little stuffy. Productive. I think he was yeah. a lot more than that. Yeah, a little bit. I, I, I think so too. He was highly, um, you know, he. Kind of, kind of wide. I mean, it probably one of the reasons. If he was just the father of South African jazz, I doubt we would be doing. Not to diss on South African jazz, but I don't think we would be doing an auto reverse thing on someone who was like that specific uh, influence. Like he had much bigger uh, influence than that. You know, you know what that shit is. It's just a, it's just a bunch of writers trying to put something in a box. It's like, it's because he's had a trumpet on him and he played a trumpet. It's a, that's really what it's all about. That's why they throw the jazz thing in there. Um, also, probably in the late <laughs> '60s, it was really like, you know, hip. You know, or because he started even before the mid '60s. He started in like the early '60s. Yeah. But I, I guess in the early '60s, into mid '60s, it was really, you know, it was super hip to be a jazz sort of quote-unquote jazz um, musician so i guess they just tagged him with it um i mean some of his, his records that i own definitely have a lot of jazz um influence oh, a lot of it. in it at, but then it has a lot of funk it has a lot of Afrobeat. like even um even like that song i played on my radio show the other day uh don't go losing baby um it's like a right. disco song so it's like you know he did everything he did everything and uh and even some of the stuff I put on the playlist that I, I'm not, it's off a compilation, was super, like, raw. Yeah, the, uh, like, yeah, the, uh, or the like lost. down and, yeah. Well, yeah, it was almost, like, down, like, kind of had almost, like, ancient feel, like, African, like, 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 sort of, like, more tribal African feel to it. So it's, like, kind of, um, he did everything. He was, oh, God, man. You know, it, it's, like, I heard his name for years, and, and, I, you know, I, didn't dislike him i you know i liked him but it wasn't until i was living in la in like 2009 2010 around that time and i was hitting up that store records la i've talked about that store before yeah, yeah. it was just a store that was very short-lived store it was only around for like a year or two my friend scott owned it from detroit and he had two uh this dealer guy who, who was like a former like out jazz uh spiritual jazz guy came in was selling lots of his rec records from his record collection he was kind of a dealer too a record dealer he sold him a collection that had two massacre uh two hugh massacre records in it one was the mu uh music uh no music is home is where the music is yeah and reconstruction which were, i think they came one after the other 
And yeah, I remember well, there, there's one in between that, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember like bringing those home and and just being like, holy shit! Like I couldn't believe just how good they, how good the records were, but also just like how unique and deep he was as an artist. And that's when I I, I went down the rabbit hole with him. So it wasn't even that long. Yeah, ago. the stuff he did with the the was it, if I pronounce this right, the Chisa label mm-hmm. was really really good. And the stuff like on the mm-hmm. playlist that's more from that era is the stuff that I mm-hmm. not that I don't like the 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 stuff that he veered into away from that, but that stuff you, it really kind of. You know that song where he has some vocals on it was at Tapo and mm-hmm. um, there's a, you know there's, there's phenomenal stuff and you know the thing that I you know I didn't come around to him till later as well and I forget I don't really don't really remember how um, my recalls for shit anyhow but I but I thought like what his origin story which I just kind of read about it's kind of fascinating um, mm-hmm. you know he. He basically decided to play the trumpet at age 14 after seeing the movie uh, uh, Young Man with the Horn, which is a great movie starring uh, Kirk Douglas. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, like a, an archbishop, uh, an a famous anti-apartheid uh, chaplain, gave, got him into the school to have this guy teach him. Um, mm-hmm. And he, he became part of that guy, the chaplain, the Huddleston's jazz band. Um, mm-hmm. And who was this guy, this chaplain, was a friend of Louis Armstrong. Uh, and when he heard about the band, he sent one of his trumpets as a gift for for Hugh. Which is crazy. Mm-hmm. If you think about that, it's like, you know. Oh, yeah. And then, and then shit got hot for him because his sister was an AS, ANC activist. Right. And they they shipped him off to music school in England. Right. And, um, and then he was there. And then I don't know how he wound up in the United States, but he befriended um, Harry Belafonte, right? Who hooked hooked him up, and he was all, off to the races. And 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 let's and you know and you know let's let's let me be clear here. As much as he was part of that sort of like you know early '60s groovy scene, you know, right like before the hippies showed up, you know, um, even he. He seamlessly transitioned into the sort of hate Ashbury um, hippie oh, scene yeah. too, because if you look at all these, like I mean, a lot of times I view music through the lens of like the Fillmore uh, 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 East posters and Fillmore West posters, <laughs> yeah. and you, I, I just love doing that because it's so, it's such a, you can't fuck with someone who played on the night of. March 29th, 1969. You know, you yeah. that happened. It's 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 documented on the poster. And if and I, when I look at all those posters, his name's on a lot of them as yeah, an yeah, opener yeah. for who the hell knows, for any number of bands. You know, so it's like he he was just there, man. And and I didn't even know he played on uh, uh, Paul Simon. Yeah, he played in Monterey. And he played on in in um well, in I, Paul Simon's band for Graceland. I didn't even know that. Well, that seems like that seems logical. Like right, I, right. That, that I found out he played at Monterey because I because there was that line from the song from, from the Animals Monterey, and his mm-hmm. name's in it. You know, yeah, Human yeah. Segala is on fire, um, or it turns the night black or something. I think is the line or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Something um, like that, yeah. Yeah, but he's there, and he's in the movie about uh, Monterey, Monterey Pop, and uh, and then when I saw um, that Muhammad Ali documentary about the Rumble in the Jungle, his band played in the Rumble in the Jungle. He played that music, yeah. that, that thing in Zaire, so... 
it's like a where's waldo type situation he was everywhere you know and you know you talked about the chisel label but he was also on blue thumb he was on, right. you know like uh, like I, even when i looked through some of his records it, like he was on a whole bunch of different labels and you know it yeah, just columbia uh, yeah he was like a, yeah like a he much, was every he did yeah. everything he went everywhere he had he played with different people um you know like i said he, he changed the style up um you know Casablanca. Spread. I didn't know he was on Casablanca. Shit. Yeah, it's a that's crazy. Don't go losing baby is an incredible. Jive had a, Jive had an Africa uh, yeah. subset too. Warner Brothers shit, man. Yeah. Yeah, like that that song that I that I played on the show. Don't go lose a baby. It's like a it's like a, a tallow disco classic. It's like it, it you know it, he he's I don't know, man. I love him. You know, I love talking about people like this on the show. It's just like. And he was sitting there like for so many decades where I just didn't pay attention because I thought it was some old man shit. You know what I mean? Not well, knowing just yeah, how good I mean, he I was. I remember when I first moved to Brooklyn, I remember seeing him playing all the time. And I would, yeah. and I would be like, ah, eh, you know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, now we're ki- now we're kicking ourselves, both of us, yeah. for not well, taking advantage of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I got a callus from doing that, man. There's too many of oh, those. Especially that time, I kind of look back on it. Yeah, uh, it's uh, anyhow. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, like he was very active. I remember him playing at uh, what's the thing by my house, the um, Afro Punk Prospect Park. Pro- no, oh, the, the Prospect Park thing. No, no, the Afro Punk that they oh, have okay, that the they festival. have at Commodore Barry Park. They have mm-hmm. right across from my house. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean the the thing is, is is about his music, and when it comes out, when you see pictures of him or seeing videos of him play, because that's obviously the only thing you and I could talk about because we didn't get to see him fucking live. Yeah. Um, is there's a great joy that comes yeah. through his yeah. music. There's a love that just seems like a bottomless, you know, and a person who who has who just loves like everything that he every note that he puts him puts us, you know, he he. Uh, for every song he just kind of digs it and it comes across on the playlist like the playlist you really did a really nice job on that in terms of like there's a wide variety it gives a good sense of the man uh mm-hmm. but also a good sense of like his vibe is obviously a more it has like kind of the afrobeat kind of vibe to it so you can kind of feel it mm-hmm. but you know the I, I what i find it interesting about his music is that he seems to explore a lot of different little little areas of ways of kind of pushing his vibe into those those different areas and again it works in an interesting way there's just like a nice there's like the po- more poppy stuff and then there's kind of like i wouldn't say avant jazz stuff but stuff that mm-hmm. is a def- definitely has a little bit more uh looseness to it and more provenizational uh, elements to it um yeah i mean you know he just seems like a guy who just um you know what when you look into things to kind of go deeper on he's a great um you know he's an uh, autoverse type player that you could just not super well known but has had his fingers in a lot of pies and has, has and has really kind of put his imprint on uh you know on the on the music world
Yeah, and it's it's. I mean, for anyone out there who's a record collector, it's a it, he's a good artist to sort of explore because his records aren't that expensive, and um, and to me, like there's like you know like now you know with the last ten years, like sort of like Afrobeat, Zamrock, that that sort of thing has like sort of become super hip, and like a lot of those originals are, are super expensive and hard to find. A lot of those original records, like Fela Records and stuff, stuff like yeah. that. And it's you know he's one someone who made so many records and was based in this in the United States that his records are actually easier to find or cheaper and they but they're but they're to me musically worth just as much as any of the rare shit you know and that's another thing that this show try the Auto Reverse tries to do is sort of demystify all the sort of super rare collectible. Uh, you know, artists. It's like, yeah, the, I, that shit is good, but then there's all this stuff that's like hiding in plain sight that's like just as good. And and what 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 we try to do is sort of like say, hey, listen, man, check this out. I know you think it might sound common or whatever, but it's not. Like, it, there's something. Right. There's more to it than that. And um, you know, and his life, and like you said, his life story, where he's from. I mean, you know, it makes me want to go to South Africa. Listening to his music makes me want to go to South Africa. <laughs> now that's a now that's the sign of someone, an artist that's doing their job effectively. If they want, if they make you want to transport yourself to where they're from, to sort of feel what they felt when they started, that's that's amazing. Like you know, right. that's that's what this is all about. You know. Did you hear that album? That I guess it was released after he passed away with uh, the one with Tony Allen. I think it's called Rejoice. He made a record with Tony Allen? Yeah. I didn't know that. No, I haven't yeah. heard it. Yeah. Is it good? I, I liked it. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's yeah. it's a good I mean, it's not I would say this. It's a, it's a it's a it's an it's a good, it's worth listening to. Does it bring out the best of both of them? Probably not, but it's it's you know, it's one of those things where you see the names and you're just like, holy shit, this is going to be great. Mm. And it doesn't really hit that. But I I've li I listened to it a couple times since, and this is prior to, to this show. And I thought it was good because I, I had a, I think it was about eight, nine months ago. I had, it was on a big Tony Allen kick. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, that was one of them. I was like, oh, this would be interesting. Um, so he's another one yeah. that just is very prolific and doesn't really put out anything that's really i would consider bad it's he's always interesting to listen to and kind of goes in a lot of different directions as well who tony allen yeah 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 uh was he was fela's uh drummer correct yeah 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 yeah, yeah. he's uh, i've heard a lot of his like more recent stuff and it uh, yeah you're right it does it does sound good and um He's an he's a really interesting artist and, and is still well did he, he's still alive right Tony Allen's still alive I believe so yeah 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 but it, I I'm always uh, fascinated with artists like Tony Allen and Umas Kayla that just keep playing music all the way to the end like they don't stop like um you know like let's use Patrice Russian for example who um who we covered on the show she kind of disappeared like. Well, almost 20 years yeah, ago she went into teaching more she went into teaching and so and and stuff like that and i you know you don't really hear of too many like live shows from her and that's okay that's her prerogative you know whatever but i'm i, I always love artists that just like just keep they have to keep making music and it's not a money thing right it's like a it's like a drive they just need that they yeah, need that like the randy you know? lewis type 
who just yeah yeah, yeah exactly exactly I, I think you know that there's a you know i think it's you know and this is a dime store doctor i think <laughs> i think it's how the music and i think how people go into their latter years with with in terms of music it depends on how well they navigated their musical journey in terms of the business part in terms not like financially but just like how beaten up they are yeah, I their think, health their finances yeah you're right well i think like look but also control like ramsey lewis yeah. is someone who's like i'm staying in chicago this is i'm going to still be prolific but i'm going to still teach i'm going to have a radio show yeah this, this is how i want to spend my time and there's so there the way i looked at, i'm sure he had more headaches than i'll ever have to deal with but nonetheless he probably had a more he had a better understanding a better relationship with his career than a lot of people who are just like either miserable or run down or gotten taken advantage of too many times to where they're just sour or they're you know uh, they don't they just don't want to deal with it they just like fuck it i'm just gonna i'm just gonna play a couple shows a year and you know to cash in on the royalty checks or do something real minimal effort versus someone who's still like this is my passion and i want to you know i want it. they haven't allowed their passion to be run down by the 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 more um the necessary but insignificant things like the financial and the business end of stuff you know that yeah and they haven't get, al- and they haven't allowed the dysfunctional nature of being in a band to take over either because i feel like that that's true too destroys destroys artists too like almost more so because like they can never i got i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about this here on the on on the show right now to just to give you an example a very low level example yes but an example so i've got i'm a featured guest at a music uh an art festival in november in madrid it's called the moments festival and Mm -hmm. i guess so there so tp turns 30 um this year into next year and we're going to celebrate the first 15 years so my founding of the label my first 15 years of running it and stuff and you know the the director of the festival was like hey why don't you um get a band to play um you know we'll pay for them we'll pay their back line and all that stuff and and a fee and you know and i was like all right and i started you know thinking of bands and i asked graveyard they can't do it because we're already touring i asked a bunch of people and then I said, you know what? I'm gonna ask Nebula because they were kind of they kind of put me on the map right. essentially, in, you know, back in 1998 or whatever, whenever it was. Um, and I asked them, and that just opened up a massive can of worms. They fucking hate each other. <laughs> oh, really? And then, and it, yeah, and it was like, I guess because they reissued some records not that long ago. And they tried to reunite. So I, I was essentially asking them to reunite for the show. Um, <laughs> and, and and they and like all that did was turn their anger and frustration and dysfunction on me. And I just was like, I just tapped out immediately. Like I didn't let it go too far. I tapped out immediately. I go, all right, well, let's just leave, you know, you right, know the, the new me, the new message, me message, said, message said, received. Yeah, message received. Let's 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 just t- leave it where it was before I even talk to you guys. And I and I just like and I'm like their dysfunction is so deep that they can't accept tickets to Spain, a backline, a fee, hotels, having fun for just a couple nights. They can't even do that. 
That's wow. how much they hate each other. And that, so that would also I, require some practicing and Yeah, I know. They would have to prepare and, and spend yeah. some time with each other. Yeah. And I understand What's, they probably what don't songs want to be in the what together. songs are we gonna play? Are yeah, we are we gonna play yeah. my version of the song or your version? Uh, you know, it, there's that's another thing. You're I right. understand. You're right. You have it, that point. You have that point of view, though. You're you you were in bands. You toured. You well, did all that stuff. You wrote songs. I'm not that guy. I I'm just a, a I was a behind the scenes guy. I was a, just a, 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 a you know a, a consumer of music and a producer of music. But I never got involved in the nitty gritty. You know, making the sausage. Uh, but sort of, you're, you're sort of make thing. a really good point. It's how you leave things, and it's also like, yeah. you know, a lot of these people also is like, you know, the, how they their reaction with their managers is like how do they have a manager who's looking out for them or one who fleeces them or puts them in bad situations? It's like that could sour you as well. But you're right. Like if you're part of a, you know, like a band that has like a that that is, you know, they're it's all all parts are you are equal at least in how the band is like that become yeah old wounds unless you deal with them those things become our major sticking points and it's you know it's you know like with Hugh Masakea like he obviously was a you know didn't he he you know was kind of a you know lone ranger in that sense yeah, like yeah he was yeah. his own thing but his own boss but yeah, i'm sure that boss. there were people yeah. that were there you know whether it's a manager or something or other people that he would prefer to bring along for the ride but yeah he could break off at any time but uh well, it's like when you see like blondie or x or social distortion you see like the like the current lineups like when they play now right. and yeah they're the the core it will be there like blondie it's like chris stein and and, and debbie harry but then all the other people playing in the band weren't in the original shit. Like well, yeah. it's like other people, it's kind of like you know. The, it's kind of like the Pixies. It might as well just be Frank yeah. Black. Yeah, it, yeah, and then whoever decides, right. whoever's young enough and and not damaged enough to, to be in there. And and I got to be honest with you, and I'll say it on the air. And I don't really, I don't really give a shit. Okay, that cynicism in music and produce in making music and playing music, and then that sort of just like rolling it out to make you know to cash cow the whole thing. I'm not into, you know, it's why, it's why I became such a massive collector of music because I just want the, the record of what was done at the time of what the feel well, and the emotions and stuff yeah. at the time. I kind of don't love the whole, you know, keeping it going, reunion, different people like that kind of shit. It does bum me out. Now, I know people got to make a living, right? I, I know that. I know people got to make a living, especially musicians who, in many cases, don't have other options. But I just, as a as an inspirational thing, it's not very inspiring. And so well, that's why, you know, and it's funny. Is, and too, and let me finish the, okay. and let me finish the Nebula thing. I, not to break not to yeah. break in on, your, on what you were going to say. So the guy from the festival said, oh, so how many bands have you asked to play? And I told him, like, I don't know. I asked, like, six or seven bands. And he goes, so what's, you know, because we need to sort this out soon. And I'm like, you know, I said to him, hey, dude, how about we don't have a band? <laughs> like, honestly, like, why don't we, you know, I'll DJ. We'll have an art show. We'll have a couple, you know, like talks at a, you know, at a museum or a hotel, whatever. And that's it. Like, I don't, I don't need the band. Well, and, and maybe people that come don't need the band either. You know, and I hate to say it, but, you know, what, 
you know, what's you know, the purpose, another thing you right? could do, this is probably something for offline, but what you could do yeah. is have some local bands. You pick a bunch of yeah. songs. You have, you yeah. pick a bunch of songs from that era of which songs yeah. you like and have them do covers or interpretations That's true. of that. That's but, a good idea. That's a good idea. Yeah, that one's for free, my friend. Um, but, <laughs> but here's what, what I would say. say. What I was going to say before is like if they're coming doing rehash, your problem with them coming back rehashing the whole thing. Mm. You know, dude, Peter Luger still serves steak. You know, if yeah. people, if people yeah. like steak, why change the yeah. menu on it? You know, it's like. Yeah, yeah, if, yeah, you're right. If, if they're going to come out, like, look, I think it's a hard fucking career to be an artist and a musician, yeah. especially, especially with all the the amount of ways that you can get info- songs out there now, so it becomes even more difficult. If you have a way mm-hmm. to bring people out and you can throw in two or three new songs that you guys have been working on, I, I, you know, hats off to you. Like I, yeah, you can't, you can't really hate on that. I just, I'm just a, what do you look, call it? Uh, look, I don't, uh, like the, the Rolling yeah. Stones cannot be getting better with age because they're just physically, <laughs> there's no way physically they can be able to yeah. gr- grind it out as raw as possible. But yeah. the thing is, when people go to their shows, they're smiling ear to ear. Like I watched a little bit of the Elton John his farewell concert in uh, was a Dodger Stadium, and mm-hmm. I saw him when I was eight years old, and it was a mm-hmm. phenomenal show. He was high energy, and his voice was amazing. Like his voice was nowhere near as good, and but people yeah. were just going there loving it. They were loving the nostalgia. He was telling good stories. It was it was, you know. It wasn't a, artistically, it wasn't anywhere near what he could do or have done or, you know, it's just, it was there for, for people to enjoy. And in times when you got so much shit being thrown out of you, like, ah, you know, you, you and I are not big on those kind of things, but I, I, you know, I'm... You can understand the other side I'm the trying not to wag the thing. issue. What yeah. I prefer... Yeah. And what other people will pay for, I, you know, if that's what you want to, if that, there's enough room in this world for what I want to do and what you want to do. And if I don't like yeah. it, you know, so I, I get, I, I, there's the old part of me that really understands what you're trying to say, but there's another part of me is like, it, shit's so tough these days that I, it, it's always been tough. It's just feels tougher now that if that's their little ball of sunshine then let them pay for it. Yeah. I just, I still have like, you know, fifteen percent piss and vinegar and idealism. In, oh, I still have it. I'm just trying to channel yeah. that a different way. You're you're trying to channel it somewhere else. I'm I just get caught up sometimes in the idea in the idealism of of what's good and what's not good True. and what's inspiring and what's not inspiring. But you know, but it but it's okay. I channel it in a, in being an obsessive record collector. Yes. That's where I put yes. it and and I put those records to work on the radio show. Yes. And that's it. That's how I do yeah. it. And Others do it another way. So I, I put that anger into figuring out where I'm going to put some new records when obviously the space has run out <laughs> yes. and, my, yes. and I know that I'm not going to build another shelf because that's just, that's going to get thumbs down from the, the board of the, the, <laughs> from the board of directors. The board of directors are going <laughs> to shit sit on that really quickly, <laughs> really quickly. Uh, oh man. Yeah. The, the bottom line is I just got to go move from an apartment to a house. Yeah, you'll eventually do that. You'll well, eventually. So we were do talking that. about that. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't yeah. Or you can get a. You can get a. Um, 
if your rent stays are manageable, you can get you don't can say, get a uh, you can buy you can buy storage. buy storage buy or get storage or buy a country house somewhere. I don't know. I don't think that's in my plans. I, I don't. Need, I, I don't I, even I'm need to read a tea leaf to tell you that that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being I'm being idealistic again. It's, I, uh, I I love that you have these great plans for me. I hope that I can accomplish yeah. one of them. Well, I, listen. I would I, I would love to buy the property next door to my house here in Powell River and and, and build you a house, but uh, I don't, you know, two ferries uh, complications getting here. Hey, I don't man, know. I you'd don't probably know. see your right. Re- you'd probably see your record collection once every three years. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, the the Hugh Mazakea, uh, uh talk kind of got derailed a little bit, but you know that that still doesn't take away from trying the, the the greatness of the man, but also all the the greatness of his music, which you've again done a really really thoughtful playlist about his uh, that really covers what makes him so uh, you know singular and and admirable. So. Definitely check that out. As always, you can let uh, Tony and I know your thoughts about this episode, other episodes, or just point us into the direction of someone else we should check out. You can just uh, send us an email at autoreversepod at gmail.com or hit us up on uh, Facebook or Instagram, all right? And uh, all right. yeah, until next time, turn the page. Yep, peace. <laughs>